0: Welcome to At the Threshold, a podcast for ministry leaders during this new, unsettled season in the life of the church. We are your hosts, Ashley Alley Crawford and Shelly Pitts, and we are both clergy in the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of approximately a thousand churches in the states of Kansas and Nebraska. Shelly works with Clergy Faith and Wellness with the Great Plains Conference.
1: And Ashley is the Clergy Recruitment and Development Coordinator, and we're sharing this from the Office of Clergy Excellence. Our focus here in At the Threshold is to host a conversation with and for clergy in order to describe what's happening, ask questions to help get us unstuck, and encourage the heart of pastors and leaders in this liminal time in which we find ourselves. Liminal may be a new word. But a new season calls for a new word. Liminal means a threshold from what we've always known to, well, we don't know just yet what life and ministry is becoming. Our goal here is to find a little light at the threshold.
0: In our conversations, we are seeking to describe some of the dynamics that we're seeing and identify some questions and possibilities that are bubbling up for us. Ultimately, we hope you leave today with your heart encouraged in some way. Each time we gather, it's our hope that you'll glean one or two things to think about, act upon, or pray through. Ashley Allie Crawford and co-leading with me today is Reverend Dr. Shelley Petz. Shelley and I are both clergy here in the Great Plains and we're hosting a series of conversations on behalf of the Office of Clergy Excellence as we lean into the disruptions and the gifts of the coronavirus season. In each of our conversations we describe some of what we're seeing, identify some questions and possibilities that are bubbling up for us, And we hope to encourage the heart of everyone who listens today. This has been a hard year, hasn't it? Between the typical challenges of pastoral leadership, the last few years have brought a great deal of conflict and pressure in the lives of clergy. We don't want to gloss over or minimize the challenges. And yet, our theology compels us forward. Psalm 126 verse 5 is our banner. Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. The opportunity for tears has been plentiful, and we are trusting that a harvest of joy is on the horizon. For summer 2021, at the threshold, we'll be proclaiming great joy. And instead of providing interviews with people who can help us navigate the liminal season of the pandemic, we are collecting stories of joy that clergy are experiencing. A couple of weeks ago, I started listening to Brene Brown's podcast on Spotify. This summer, she and her sisters are discussing her book from 10 years ago, The Gifts of Imperfection. They're especially lifting up 10 guideposts of what it means to be wholehearted. In part three of the podcast series, they were discussing the guideposts of cultivating gratitude and joy. Obviously, it caught my eye or ear as it were as I'm leaning into all things joy because of our emphasis on it this summer. All of her guideposts emerge from actual data that she's collected from her hundreds of thousands of interviews. She said that when she was specifically researching joy, she was expecting there to be a correlation for people between spirituality and joy, that people who reported more spirituality would also report more frequent experience of joy. Her hypothesis didn't hold up. Spiritual or religious people were not necessarily any more joyful than anyone else. There was, however, a correlation. It was actually gratitude. People who identified as more grateful also identified as more joyful. I think this is a super helpful connection. Gratitude and joy are connected. So she next wanted to find out what was the causation. She said she initially hypothesized that being more joyful caused people to be more grateful. Yet it didn't hold up in her research. It was actually the other way around. Being grateful actually caused people to be more joyful. So gratitude is one of those things that I think sometimes can create a little bit of internal tension. I think of 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. All circumstances? I don't know about that. Well, when I was a kid, I read Corey Ten Boom's autobiography called A Hiding Place. You may know Corey's story. She and her family were Christians in the Netherlands, and they and they served in the resistance in several different ways, even hiding Jew very various, various Jewish people in their home. When it was found out, Cory and her family were either killed or sent to concentration camps along with the Jews that they were hiding. In one part of Corey's story, she wrote about her sister Betsy, who embodied that verse from 1 Thessalonians, even thanking God for the fleas in their bunks. Corey wrote about how she tried to find things to be grateful for, but she just could not thank God for the fleas. I get it. There are just some things for which it feels impossible to be grateful. And yet, Corey went on to tell about how Betsy's health deteriorated so much that instead of doing the hard labor, she had to stay back in the barracks and knit socks. She um, noted that that Betsy fulfilled her, her quota of socks quickly and then quietly moved throughout the bunks to read the smuggled Bibles or encourage other prisoners they discovered after some weeks that the reason that they were given so much freedom was for one reason. You guessed it, the fleas. Well, I wonder what Bernays Brown's research would say about the power of gratitude in that circumstance. She does seem to indicate the connection between gratitude and joy. And while it's tempting to look for a surefire and guaranteed way to cultivate joyfulness, I just don't think it's possible to guarantee joy. It is a fruit of the Spirit and it's given by the Holy Spirit. But while there's no guarantees, I think I am learning from experiences and from good teachers like Brene Brown and Corey and Betsy Tenboom and all of our clergy testimonies that, perha- that perhaps practicing gratitude is spreading a little fertilizer for the seeds of joy to grow.
1: I too have been thinking about gratitude a lot recently I keep coming back to an interview I saw with Kate Bowler, who talked about having a complicated relationship with gratitude. She shared that she loves when even amidst really difficult things in life, gratitude can sometimes be the glue that holds things together. She also said sometimes when people tell you that you should be grateful, even in difficult situations, that can bring a lot of other baggage with it. She said, gratitude is not a solution to the problem of pain. So I have been curious about my own moments of gratitude. Recently, I have found that when I am more grateful, it doesn't take away my pain or my struggles, but it illumines things differently. I also must admit, when someone tells me to be grateful, I can sometimes put up a wall a wall of resistance, and wonder what it is really behind that they're asking me about. I wonder if they are uncomfortable with my pain or my struggle. We offer these words of gratitude and joy out of our own lived experiences. We are not trying to tell you what to do, or that for those of you who are experiencing pain, grief, or lament, that we are uncomfortable with that. Certainly, these are real. And we want to sit with you in these moments. And we also believe that sometimes it is in the midst of the deepest pain that God finds us. For this we give thanks and recognize the power of joy of the Lord when things of this world are just too much. I cannot tell you how much hearing testimonies of joy have shaped my summer. I offer my deepest gratitude for our guests today for helping me find a little light we are going to take a short break and hear about some opportunities for growth stay tuned and we will be back shortly
2: good news christ is still very much alive and well working in the world today i'm todd seifert and i invite you to check out my podcast in layman's terms once a month this podcast tells stories of people serving the risen christ in the world today other weeks of the month, I share a reflection on a passage from the Bible aimed at people who, with no background in Scripture, who find the Bible difficult to understand, or who just feel like they need a refresher on parts of our sacred texts. And it's all done in plain English, in layman's terms. So find my podcast on the Great Plains Conference website at www.greatplainsumc.org podcasts.
1: Our first testimony today comes from Reverend Jeff Getzinger. Jeff is an ordained elder and pastor of Little River and Mitchell Chapel, United Methodist churches in the Hutchinson district. He and his wife, Beth will celebrate 20 years of marriage on September 1st. And together they have two children of the feline variety, Missy, who is 18 years old and Reno, who is living his best life in the terrible twos. (laughs) Jeff tells us that he is enjoying working in the yard when it's not too hot and rededicated himself to intentional reading during the pandemic. Jeff, you have been a part of many of our at the threshold conversations during the discussion times and we are so glad to have you on this side of the conversation. Thank you for joining us today. We turn this over to you, where you share with us your testimony of joy.
3: So when I got the invitation, I believe it came from Ashley, and I thought for maybe 30 seconds, and then I said yes. So, um, really, the opportunity, the foundation for the joy that started to develop happened at the beginning of Lent. When the bishop extended the Lenten study for us to follow back in 2020, I took on the practice of journaling. I took on the practice of intentionally Um, setting time each morning for devotional time. That had been something that had been missing from my life pre-pandemic. And so as the pandemic hit and as we went into our homes and as we started to do online worship and amidst all the frustrations that many of us clergy faced, I still had a foundation. I had the foundation of devotional time, of starting my day with God. And so in that process... I took on the practice of reading through the Bible. Started with Easter of 2020. Finished the Bible from Genesis to Revelation just after Easter of 2021. And Todd Seifert had caught my journey over the last over that year and had asked if I could be part of uh, part of the uh, podcast that he hosts. And so in that conversation, we kept. We, we, we were bouncing around ideas, we were bouncing around things that we've done and things that have helped to bring, bring stability. So that foundation is what really was joyful for me, to be able to have that foundation. And so in our conversation, Todd shared his journey of doing of reading the Bible chronologically. So in Easter 2021, just after the Easter season started, I, I picked up that habit. And, and and his uh, practice, he had shared a book by uh, Ron Rhodes uh, that gave devotional time. And so that was part of that. And, and so I've kept that going and I just hit day 100 today on my devotional through chronologically. And so having that foundation, that uh, meaningful time of devotion has been key to helping me to find joy. And then, of course, having opportunities to connect with colleagues through, through at the threshold or through Skype ch- you know, video chats of some sort um, has been also that that connectional process. And now we're starting to come out of it. But um, at the uh, at the beginning of 2021, as Shelley said in my intro, I had dedicated myself to intentionally reading again for ministry, for my own spiritual growth. That had been something that had been missing since I graduated from seminary in 2016. And uh, I just finished another book last month or last week, and I was looking at all my video, my pictures that I had posted so to help me keep track of all the books. And it was book number 30 or 31 in six months. And I was amazed that that all had been accomplished in just this short time. And yeah, we've been home more. We've haven't gone out to do as much stuff, but still there's that foundation of joy of getting back into spiritual practices. And that has been a key ingredient for me. And so as part of that, I've carried that over into a new season of continuing chronologically but also taking the opportunity to mentor new candidates and to take on some other some other opportunities in mentoring this fall and so hopefully through that through those foundations of joy i can share that opportunity with with others that are exploring candidacy that are that are continuing in ministry that are maybe even struggling and so amidst it all prayer devotional time, scripture reading, and intentional reading for my own spiritual growth have all been foundational for my joy through this season.
1: Thank you, Jeff. We are grateful for your testimony of joy. Next up with us is Juan Carlos Veloso. Juan Carlos was born in Chile. He is a former school teacher and worked in the Omaha public schools for 20 years. In the year 2019, He quit the school system to pursue ministry full-time. Currently Juan Carlos is the local pastor at Grace United Methodist Church and is a Hispanic church planter in Omaha, Nebraska. He is married to Marite and they have two daughters, Stephanie and Natalie. Both of them are studying journalism at the University of Nebraska at Omaha. Juan Carlos, we are excited to hear what you will share with us today Thank you for being here with your testimony of joy.
4: Thank you so much for inviting me. I am very excited to be with both of you and thank you for, for doing this. It is so important to acknowledge joy in, in such such a time that w- we all experience. Uh, I was thinking about what to share with you and I was kind of what 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 should I say? And because I have more than one testimony of joy. Uh, so but I I I, I just decided to talk about this special couple that I met in the in the pandemic. Uh, this I, I met this couple. In, I would say was maybe November of two thousand eighteen, and then if this couple came to look for a pastor. They were looking for an for an AA group. A young lady who came with her husband who was drunk at at, at the time, and she was desperate looking for help. So we used to have an AA group in, in our building, but we were not having any more. So I asked this lady's phone number, and, and I said that I was going to look at the, the information. So the, the day after, I called her and, and I gave her the information about some uh, Spanish-speaking AA group in town. And th- that was it in 2018. At the beginning of the pandemic, there was the last last week in May of 2019, when I received this call, and it was this lady. And she said, do you remember me? I was the person who brought my my husband when he was drunk. And I remember that very well. I say, yes, yes, I do. So she explained to me how she was desperate. Her husband had tried to kill himself, intoxicate himself, and he was at the hospital and had been released that very morning, and she said, I don't know what to do. And so, and this is pandemic time, okay? End of May, not all the numbers going up and all of that. So I said, I do remember you. I remember your case. And sometimes we a pastor, um, we just follow the lead. We, we, we follow what is in our heart because I did something that I didn't have time to think about it, of what I was doing. I asked this lady for her her address. She said that she was in her work and the husband was by himself at at home. So I asked her address uh, and I went. And I went to to see this, this, this man in there. This is a young man. He might be 35, 36 years old. So there he was, sleeping and totally drunk, intoxicated. She said that he had tried to kill himself a couple of days before. So of course he didn't notice that I was there. And here I am in the middle of the pandemic going into an apartment that I never been in before with people that I I didn't know. Um, So I prayed for him at that moment and I went back home and the day after, the man called me and said, my wife told me that you were here, and I am thankful for that, and I I don't know what to do. I am struggling with this. Uh, I, it, I, I see no, no, no light, you know, in this tunnel. And so I said, well, he was able to talk to me now. So I said, well, let, let me go to talk to you and so we can pray together. So we did, we did. Here I am at this apartment talking to this man, very nice, polite man, who explained to me all the struggles that he had. We prayed together. Uh, He knew about God. He knew about God. Uh, He came from, from a Christian family. And we decided to, he told me about the AA group how he used to be before, but he was not going anymore. So I said, well, let's go together. And we did, we did. We started going together. We started attending the AA meetings. By the way, by the way, after being in there, I believe that every pastor should be in one of those meetings, at least one of those meetings. It is our touch with reality with reality and what's going on out there. Uh, out of and then we kept going, I kept going, I introduced myself as a pastor in there. Uh, people opened their heart. It's it just it's just amazing what happened into in, in these meetings. To make the story short, this is pandemic, we were not having any services at church or Bible study, nothing. But I but I said, if you want to learn about God, I'm going to open the church for you guys. So we started Bible study for people from the AA group. I have four men coming from the AA group. Nobody else was in in, in the building. I was able to separate the, the tables, you know, more than six feet. and wearing masks, but we studied the Bible. It's amazing, and I couldn't believe it. One of them brought his teenager son. Another brought, two of them brought this man who I was with in this meeting, he brought his wife. Another man from the AA group also brought his wife. I mean, here we are. I was not doing in-person service. I was not doing a Bible study except for this small group. It was such a joy to see how these people receive it and how we were able to learn about God. And two of those men are now members of our church. It's amazing and I wanted to share that with you. I mean, it is, it is all for God's glory. God is amazing. And hey, in the midst of the pandemic, I was, we were so blessed as a ministry. That's my testimony of joy.
0: Well, thank you so much Juan Carlos for sharing your story. Well, we want to introduce our third guest for today. Reverend Chang Soo Kim is the pastor at Shawnee United Methodist Church in Shawnee, Kansas. He and his family like to go camping, fishing and traveling to lots of different places. He really loves Kansas barbecue, homemade ice cream, and pie. I don't blame you one bit for any of those things. He also loves John Deere tractors, running a chainsaw, and power tools. You are a man of many talents and interests. chang Su, we're so <laughs> glad that you've joined us today, and we are looking forward to hearing you proclaim your testimony of great joy.
2: Wow, wonderful. Thank you, Ashley, for having me today. Um, yeah, my name is Cheng Su and today just wanted to share a little piece of my great joy and things like that over how many months, 16, 15 months of pandemic, you know, uh, pandemic brought me that more of opportunity of family time actually. So my kids, they didn't go to school in person for longer time, I think, and we had more family opportunities. So we decided, okay, let's get on house project. Let's go and repair or remodel and update our kitchen and wall, new paint and something like that. A lot of project over this kind of time period. And, you know, my, my wife asked me, chang can we do that? Can we do that thing or this thing or new uh, pantry or, or door or something like that? And I said, well, Sue, so we can do that if we get more power tools. That's what I actually said. Because I had several power tools I loved, but for those kind of advanced projects, I asked her, hey, I need more advanced, skilled, or whatever power tools. So she actually normally doesn't let me buy different tools so much. But this time, well, I got a reason. So you let me go ahead and buy those. And she approved it. Normally she denied, but I mean, now, I got different power tools. I can tell you, many, many power tools she bought for me. I love pandemic. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. But well, I can tell you now. I have different kind. I just brought some of those, you know, some of different saw I have over here. Another Dewalt power drill driver. Oh my goodness, I have. Milwaukee as well. This is oh my goodness, new technology. hydraulic power drill. Quiet and powerful. I, I really wanted it. And she got it for me over pen. Oh, this is wonderful. You know, this this is you know, hammer drill. It rocks, it can it can drill anything. And I got table saw, sliding saw, or what is that, meter saw and all different kind of power tools over pandemic for this kind of project. And I praise, (laughs) anyway. You know, I've used this kind of power tool. On those projects with my wife and my children. I have eight-year-old son and 12-year-old daughter. We got on our house and different project and spending more time with family. It is one of the greatest joy I can tell you. But now, I want to show you this Phillips screwdriver. Uh, You know, I've got many power tools, Brand new, new technology, very powerful. Whatever I have, I love those. But you know, I have been using this screwdriver over 19 years now. Yeah, it will be 20 years next year. I bought this somewhere, I don't remember. 19 years ago, and until now, it has been so handy, very handy. And anywhere I go for work or anything I work on, repairing or whatever, fixing something, it just fit my hands so good. And I don't forget bringing this thing anywhere I go. Great tool, very handy. Over those power tools, I love those, but I love this thing so much because it is very handy. It gets the job done all the time and no complaint at all. I know many churches and pastors and church leaders have been through a pandemic, very discouraging moment or not actually, you know, there was no in-person service or activities or gatherings for a longer time. And a lot of churches probably had nothing to do with it. Just not getting in there. Uh, I know that technology has been real good. We use our video or virtual format or uh, connection and everything. Now it's been good. You know, my church uh, congregation here in Shawnee, we developed great conversation, dialogue, or we explored together. The question was that this kind of situation, how can we do our church still continue our ministry, still develop a uh, mission purpose and mission opportunities out there? So we, for example, something like that, we offered, community music concert every month over pandemic whole time. We invited uh, classic uh, musicians and players in the sanctuary and each time we live stream the music and once we open up with the limited capacity over here in the sanctuary we also invited uh, community people for music concert. Has been real good. A lot of people have been touched and we opened up our facility and parking lot, because we're a la- nice location in Shawnee community for reopen this community, I mean, facility of church up for COVID testing site over this period of time. So I can tell you uh, my personal joy, it was power too actually, but as a pastor, little more theologically, I can tell you, over pandemic, uncertain time, discouraging downtime or, you know, a little bit sad at the time. I believe it has been great joy for me and my congregation because it gave us such an opportunity to think about ourselves. Uh, I can tell you my great joy is that church is now exploring more for its potential ministry uh, ideas. So I believe we are always, we have been, and we are, and we will be always God's handy tool. No matter what situation, no matter where where we serve, no matter what kind of circumstances we are in right now, I believe we are still being used by God, will be equipped by God in a different ways. And now whole congregation is open and accepting different potential of ministry or potential possibility of ministry which can be totally different than what we've done already. This different situation brought us this wonderful opportunity of exploring, doing church differently, engaging community more, serving unchurched people more in our neighborhood, in our community. That is one of my greatest joy
0: well thank you so much Chengsu. su i know that you're making all the DIYers who are watching this a little bit jealous i'm not going to show my my husband that segment of this video so i really appreciate uh hearing that testimony of joy and being reminded to to look for new new ways that we can be the church in this season that that there is great joy in that Well, we are so grateful for for each of these testimonies. We're going to take a little break and we will return to wrap up our show. So give us just a few and we'll be right back.
2: This health boost is brought to you by the Abundant Health Initiative
0: of the United Methodist Church.
5: Get up, get ready. It's time for a health boost. Let's unite to boost our holistic well-being. Strengthen your spirit with this one minute breathing meditation. Let's begin deepening our breath. Big breath in. Slow breath out. Breathe in. Breathe out. to the present. Acknowledge this moment of peace you've been a part of and take it with you throughout the rest of your day. Smile and let the joy of healthy living flood through your body. Join us in creating Abundant Health for Everyone. Learn more at umcabundanthealth.org.
0: welcome back as we close our time today we are so grateful for the testimonies of joy from jeff from juan carlos and from chang Su. renewed practices giving thanks and being attentive to god's presence in the midst of our circumstances it invites us to new encounters with god and we join these three pastors in giving thanks to god's sustaining grace this conversation today, we invite you to share share it with, with a friend. They can find it by searching for At The Threshold on Podbean, Google, or Apple Podcasts. Also, we are gonna share some extra resources or you can sign up to join a discussion of one of our conversations at greatplainsumc.org slash at the threshold.
1: As we wrap up our time together, We want to share a prayer from ted loader's book gorillas of grace prayers for the battle receive these words as we end our time together lord thank you for each moment for the blue sky moment for the softening earth the freshening wind for the sap flowing the nerd the bird nesting the yellow bush for my full heart for the joy rising in me soften me to receive whatever comes as a gift and to praise you in it lord thank you for each moment for the twilight moment the pause the good tired for the quiet reflection the slowing down the mysterious sunset for my contented heart and the wisdom growing inside me gentle me to feel whatever comes as a gift and to praise you in it. Lord, thank you for each moment, for the midnight moment, the loneliness, the fretful wandering, for the watchful stars, the long ache, the sleepless wait, for my restless heart and the hope straining in me. Focus me to see whatever comes as a gift and to praise you in it. Lord, thank you for each moment for the high noon moment, the job, the necessary routine, for the sweaty struggle, the high risk challenge, the impulse to change, for my fierce heart, and the courage gathering in me, ground me to wrestle with whatever comes as a gift and to praise you in it. Lord, thank you for each moment, for the shared moment, the listening, the unguarded word, for the fragile openness, the ready smile, the accepted difference, for my passionate heart and the trust rooting in me. Stretch me to grow with whatever comes as a gift and to praise you in it. Lord, thank you for each moment, for the charged moment, the confrontation, the accurate demand, for the hard decision, the breathless gamble, the unexpected growing, for my intense heart, and the truth expanding in me excite me to be open to whatever comes as a gift and to praise you in it lord thank you for each moment for the holy moment the music the child's eyes for the sunlight the touch the tears for the trembling pleasure the unutterable beauty the breathing for the life and love and heart in me aware and the wholeness spreading in me. Touch me through whatever comes as a gift that I may be graceful and praise you in it all.
0: Well, thank you, Shelley, for giving us those words of gratitude. And thank you again to all of our clergy colleagues who joined us today for sharing their testimonies in joy, of joy. Thank you to everyone who listened. We hope that you've been able to see our new reality just a little bit clearer, ask a few new questions, and been encouraged. We hope that you're finding some light at the threshold.